Welcome to the Dynasty Academy, Michael Washington Weeks. Mark is being a pompous ass before we came on air, and Mark Angst. Well, I mean, you are, I'm not. I mean, you are. Eli Emanuel. Why would you draft a wide receiver, too? Eli, you can cut this out. You can leave it in, too. Restart. That's so loose, but hope. Jesus, take the wheel. Jesus, take the wheel. I love Jesus. Kyler Murray is a fantastic arm. It's just the decision-making for him, for me. Michael Vick just made better decisions, I feel like, overall. Wow. What, what? I have legal on too many apps. I don't know what to follow. Welcome to the Dynasty Academy. Here tonight, we are looking for Cody Hagen on a BYU roster somewhere. And <laughs> nothing, nothing. He just doesn't care. Look at him. And <laughs> no, tonight we're going to discuss redraft uh, ADP and targets and what you strategy, what you should and shouldn't do, because this is redraft season as we get closer to it. And we're going to discuss um, contenders, rebuilds in Dynasty, one player to sell, one player to sell on both sides, and one player to buy on both sides to help you um, help your team, at least heading forward. I believe that's what we're doing. I don't I know did if... that because you like <clears throat> roster construction. You don't like trades in a vacuum. So uh, trades in a vacuum just don't make any sense because you never actually do a trade in a vacuum. That not nobody here in, in in their mind that plays fantasy football looks at a trade and, and, and looks at it from a, from a in, in a vacuum standpoint. Like you you can't you can't arguably do that because in one quarterback league and somebody offers you you know Justin Herbert or I would know Herbert's probably an exception because of his status, but Somebody offers you like Matthew Stafford for like a young player and you have two viable quarterbacks. You're probably not going to make the trade in a vacuum, even if Stafford's above them. This doesn't make any sense. So, yeah, roster construction is important, Eli. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> um, <laughs> vacuum trades very rarely are an actual thing. Uh-huh. And then if you're, if you're getting traded for a Hoover, you always take the Hoover, right? Is that how that goes? Weren't they like the lead leader and league leader? League leader in vacuums. <laughs> League leader. In- God, elite. Oh, <clears throat> elite. Uh, first of all, let's talk about redraft. We don't do that very here- often here at Dynasty Academy because, I mean, for me, fuck redraft. But I have some- two redraft drafts. <laughs> <laughs> but Eli here has redraft drafts, and Mark, I don't know, are you doing any redraft leagues this year? You just yeah, you kicked them. I mean, I, I have one vampire league. That's it. A vampire league, yeah. It's a super cool league. It's a pretty cool league. I actually am thinking about possibly putting together a Frankenstein league because I kind of like that concept. We'll see, though. So, Eli, are your leagues um, yeah, single, what's the QB, single QB or Superflex for your redrafts? Oh, yeah. Both of these, they use straight-up standard ESPN settings. Oh, that's so gross. PPR. So it includes kicker and team defense? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay, so, so we don't have to look at this the Superflex ADP data for redraft then? No. Not really. Okay. Sad. I know. All right, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to officially start off with right off the jump, your team defense and your kicker if you choose the draft one. Don't draft should be, one. Should be your last two picks. If you don't draft one, then that's cool too. Uh, but if you're forced, if you're in one of those stupid leagues where it forces you to draft one, make sure it's your last two picks because, yeah. That's stupid. Oh, Eli, why do you like torturing yourself? I feel like I'm back in like <clears throat> high school. Um, playing the standard league. The people that 
It's people that I play redraft with. Uh, it's not very cultured. <laughs> oh wait, do you know what pick you have, or is it going to be randomized the day They're of the draft? They're both going to be randomized. Yeah. Oh. So one is in six days, and the other one is actually on Sunday evenings. Ooh. Okay then. And by standard ESPN, I'm talking quarterback, running back, running back, wide receiver, wide receiver, tight end, flex. Yeah, I got one flex, good. two wide kick, receivers. Kicker defense. Right. Yeah, probably eight bench spots. Eight is it eight is it eight bench spots or is it six for you? Eight. Eight for you. Yeah. So they added eight bench spots because I think the I think the default six. Seven for one really? actually. Yeah, I think the seven for one. Yeah, I think the default six. Oh, seven for both. Oh, seven for both. Maybe seven's the new default. Yeah. So it's like sixteen I mean, rounds, seven, right? You have seven starters. Not counting your picker and defense, so. So what? Yeah, but so it's nine starters total, and then you. So what is it? Sixteen. Yeah, but sixteen rounds, Eli. Yeah. Yeah. So that's yeah, that's pretty standard. Sixteen. I usually I usually do eighteen when I do redraft, but. Eighteen, um, Eli. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, is it eighteen or? Is uh, it, one is ten. Ew. Why? That's okay. my old work one. Yeah. The other one is twelve. <laughs> All right, so we're going to focus on twelve teams. Yes. Let's just keep it. Let's just focus on the twelve team. You can, you can, uh, you know, a strategy in a ten team. You, you can, you can pretty yeah. much. Yeah. There's, there's not much strategy involved there. No. So. All right. Well, here's here's my ultimate advice. If you get the number one pick, draft Jonathan Taylor. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's thanks. I, I, just, just I, I want a late pick. I would want a late pick too. I always want a late pick. But but why would you want a late pick here? Because I honestly feel like after eight, it gets well. I mean, not according to this ADP, anyways, for sleeper. But in my head, after eight, it gets kind of uh, dicey. But uh, according to this, I mean, if this ADP, if most of this ADP here for sleeper, if this was what most drafts would look like, then I would definitely want to draft in the back half of the first. Well, I mean, round. why why wouldn't it look like this, Michael? Well, because well, in my head, it's more where i'm going with it like i don't know if i would necessarily want to take mixon at 10 um where would you take him? me 12 13 range early second absolute late first depending you're on taking a wide receiver instead well I, so for me like with with eli's having his with with the two running back minimum i i would rather go running back running back so mixon would definitely obviously have to be in play but um i just i i I, I like Swift this it, year, and, and I like Swift. Mixing? I do. I like Swift more than Mixon this year. You, you look. I I love Mixon, and I love what he's done in Cincinnati. But I really like what Detroit is doing, and I think Swift is going to get a ton of work. I think Swift I, is going to. I think Swift is going to end up possibly being a surprise top five running back this year if he stays healthy. Yeah, if, if he gets the Austin Eckler type of and, pass catching, and volume. that is where I'm believing that they're going to. They're gonna get it. I don't. I, I don't know that the, that offense is that good. It, look, it doesn't have to be necessarily that good. He just needs to be able to get the volume. That's all that matters. I mean, we see it every year with people. Right, but but the difference is, is Eckler in that Chargers offense is moving the ball, scoring lots of points type of offense. That's not that's not Detroit. That's not how that team's I, even built. To I'm going. Play. I'm, I'm telling you that I have a good feeling about DeAndre Swift this year. But but that's all I'm saying. Mixon ended up as what the running back four last year on a offensive line that was atrocious. Yep. And all they did off season was improve Built it. Off of, yeah, yeah. Improve it. So now oh, you've I, got a better offensive line. I I think there was a quote where he said 
It's the biggest running lanes he's ever seen in his life. I, I love Mixon as a player, and I love his situation. I wouldn't let. I wouldn't say he would fall beyond a certain point. It's just that running backs are so. Unless you're Derrick Henry, for the most part. There, there's not a surefire thing at running. Even Jonathan Taylor, there's people contemplating whether or not he's gonna he's gonna come down this year and do not do what he did last year. Like always you don't get the same. Well, of course it's always a question, but no, I'm regression. just saying that there's always regression. Oh, yeah, well, there's always regression, but it's it's the same thing where it comes where a guy is progressing and a guy is regressing, but we put the guy who already peaked. Ahead of the guy who potentially yeah, could I don't think progress. Joe Mixon already peaked. I, I think I think <clears> you <throat> could see a a even better season with a better offensive line than than they had. But on on top of that, I'd rather take the guy who projects as the actual three down running back over the hope of the guy who might get the. Austin and, and that's Definitely. fair, and I wouldn't, and, and I wouldn't hate anybody taking Mixon over Swift. I'm just saying that I, I wouldn't take Mixon at ten. I wouldn't take Swift at ten though either. So it'd, be like, okay, it'd, be, so it'd be like eleven, twelve, thirteen range. But Swift, who are you I taking take at ten? Then? Looking at this ADP, what player who falls behind Joe Mixon are you taking at ten? Kamara. He's not being not. suspended, so I'm taking Kamara. Absolutely, I'll, mm-hmm. easily taking Kamara. I'm not. I would. I would. I would I trust I, I trust Kamara as my RB one more than I trust Mixon as my RB one because I've also been burnt by Mixon a couple times, so that's not here's what I want. I I want to land the one twelve in this league, and I am definitely. hoping for yeah, a combination sure. of Travis Kelsey and Joe Mixon or Travis Kelsey and DeAndre Swift. I believe I, I, I can cannot. replace the production in the wide receiver position later. I cannot replace Kelsey's production with that one tight end spot. If we were more flex spots, I would devalue tight end. Even with no bonus, I don't want to re- devalue tight end in a league with this short of a roster with one flex. That's an interesting strategy. For me, I'm still avoiding tight end, but that's an interesting strategy. It's, it's not as much as I would avoid tight end, but <laughs> when you when you look down this list, now obviously every draft is different, but I could get Kyle Pitts at pick 30, which you know we're talking about. So you could you could possibly get him in the your, with your third pick mm. potentially. I would. I if would I'm in the middle, that, if I'm in the middle, not at one twelve, then I'm probably aiming for Pitts in the third or Andrews. But even, if he falls. even that, you yeah. I mean, you got Andrews, you got Pitts. I I, I don't. That's where the cutoff I mean, is for Kittle, me though. I might go to Kittle's. I, I with with Trey Lance being the guy, I think you could see a lot more Kittle. Just because it, it's let's be serious, it's a, it's a rookie. He's not an actual rookie, but he's a rookie, and he's going to rely on the middle of the field guy who's big and strong. And when Kittle's not injured, he's, he's top tier. Yeah. It's like Mahomes was with Kelsey. What Kelsey when he when he first came in, he, he relied on Kelsey really hard. See, and the, and the thing for me here is, and <clears throat> I mean, it's a Philadelphia player, which. You know, Hertz is obviously the biggest thing here, but Dallas Goddard, tight end eight at, in in round seven. I, I feel fine rolling him out as my as my guy, like yeah, at tight end, I, without having to feel like I need to reach for a guy like Kelsey or Andrews or whatever. 
with Kelsey and Andrews, though, the amount of points they score at the tight end position, they are so much closer to replacing oh. your wide receiver one that if I can get one of those guys, there. especially in redraft, I'm going to take it. I don't want to spend the draft capital in dynasty necessarily on a tight end like that. That's fair. So, so, in, so in, redraft, dynasty, yeah. in dynasty, I'm, I'm trying to find the guys like Mark Andrews two years ago right? right. who have, I mean, Sure, Isaiah likely kind of looks that way now. Obviously, the same offense, so it's hard to. But, but that's in dynasty. That's the kind of tight end I'm more looking for than spending the second, third round. Yes, dynasty pick on a tight end. I'm trying to find who might become the next guy. I drafted keep taking those shots, but I drafted Mahomes and Pitts in a dynasty in a C to C startup, and I think a lot of people would be like, "Oh, that's awesome! You got Pitts and Mahomes," and I don't love looking at that roster. And seeing Mahomes and Pitts. Maybe it pans out over time, but it's still hard for me. I wanted to Pitts on a team. That I mean, is what it boiled down to. But I, I guess I guess for me it's just a matter of uh, I mean it's no it's no surprise how much I don't like tight end. And oh, it, sure. it started it, it started with me back in you know, with redraft back when I played redraft more consistently, but <clears throat> your strategy makes sense. It's the positional it's the it's the positional advantage. It's the thought process of the positional advantage because tight end kind of sucks. So if you get a chance to take a guy like Kelsey, chances are he's going to put up, you know, wide receiver 1S type numbers or, you know, Mark Andrews. But this is what I will say about Kelsey. 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 Was it Kelsey? Is that how it's actually pronounced? Um, we actually have not seen him with this type of offense. They've always had kind of like a wide receiver that's been like I know the offense runs through them, but it is the receiver. Well, they already had Tyreek Hill, right? Is is the receiver's going to be strong enough to deter defenses from working yeah. from the inside out instead I'm of the outside about in? No, I'm I'm just throwing it up. That that would be my only hesitation of taking Kelsey that early, where like Mark said, Kyle Pitts in round three possibly could be sitting there, or even Mark Andrews at the end of round two. Is it, is it something that I necessarily want to? Would I want to risk it? You know what I mean, like oh, taking sure. it that I mean, early. I typically you know, wait my, on tight end. But my question to you, Eli, is if you take that strategy, you take Kelsey and a running back with your first pick. Swift. So yeah, it doesn't matter. Any of them there are perfectly fine. I don't, I don't see a problem with taking any of them there. But then we roll around to your your third and fourth pick. So. Let, let's say Cam Akers got taken because he's right here. He's 35. So let's say he gets yep. taken right before you. Are, are you good with David Montgomery, Etienne, Reese Hall, Jacobs? I'm not even going to throw him to him. Gibson on there. J.K. Dobbins is then your, your RB2 at this point? I would be fine with Zeke falling. Unlikely. Okay, well, all right, all right. So David I'm Montgomery, using, Travis Etienne. I'm using actual ADP data and going with the guys who are past your pick. Not <laughs> hoping one of the ones who fall fall, which is obviously the way you want to go. I'll take David Montgomery <laughs> or Travis Etienne. There is my RB two. See, see I that, think, and that's yeah, where I, I struggle. Gross. Yeah, taking Kelsey, where I'd rather take Kittle and get you know Swift and Mixon, or you know Mixon and and Alvin even in tomorrow in that point that I'd rather do that kind of thing. So in my thought process too, with the two running backs is the same thing, Mark, like I would feel more comfortable walking out with back to back running backs there 
looking at these receivers when you go further down, like in that area we were just talking about, Michael Pittman, Terry McLaurin, T. Higgins is, you know, at 33. So there's a chance that he, you know, assuming that it stays very close to this, I would feel more comfortable walking out with that than I would, you know, Swift and then David Montgomery being my RB2. But that's just me personally, especially in a two RB start. If it was a one RB start, it'd be a whole different story. But yeah, but oh, yeah, that, that, yeah. And a two RB start, I would just feel more comfortable, especially with most league, most, most teams now are RBBC. Like there's now, no, now that workhouse a, is gone. So, so here, here's the <clears throat> ultimate question for Eli. If you take Kelsey and a running back, are you then going running back, running back with your next two picks and, and getting all three of them? Because because you're known to take four or five running backs in a row sometimes. <laughs> especially in redraft. Yes, in redraft especially. Especially and in it redraft, works out. Yeah. A lot of times that's it. I mean, is, um, is that... If I knew that... I struggle with Kittle. I've always been a little bit lower on Kittle just because... Maybe it's Iowa bias. Um, <laughs> just because... I hate saying anything about injuries, but consistency. Yes. He has huge monster games and he is one of the top elite tight ends. He's just a guy that I try to avoid. And most people I'm playing in these leagues with are from Iowa. So they're probably taking George Kittle high with that being Which said, fine. That, that should if, drop you one of the other ones. Then. If I know that I've got a chance at Andrews or a Pitts or Dallas Goddard, that's about, it for tight ends for me if i don't get one of them we're we're playing waivers for tight end we're just like rolling a random dude in there half the time um i uh if that's you know if we're talking let's look away from kelsey i want a middle pick then and i'm still going running back but i'm probably taking a running back second as well so i'm ending up with a guy like cook and aaron jones and then following up with a tight end like Darren Waller or George Kittle. Well, so let me ask you another question then. If you take Kelsey that early, let's say you let's say you go with the strategy of the tight end running backs there at the turn. Would you take another tight end? Would you draft another tight end, or would you just draft the one? I would. Ju- <clears throat> I would just draft the one. I'll draft another random one late to cover bye weeks, and that's it. So you would draft a second one potentially late. Okay, I, I I could make the case you just not draft another one there. Yeah. Knowing you're going to start them, and then just pick somebody up for that one week, or that's, just leave the position blank for like, like if if I was gonna if I was gonna draft that high, I wouldn't waste another roster spot on a tight end. I would de- definitely just take. I mean, when, you when know. is Kelsey? Um, I I want to point out that it's pretty easy to tell that we are very against. We're very anti zero RB. <laughs> well, it's not a good strategy. It, well, it's really not like, and and here's the reason based on this ADP, it's not a good strategy. So if you haven't even taken one wide receiver at the point of your fifth and sixth round picks, you are looking at the possibility of Chris Godwin, Amari Cooper, Amon Ross St. Brown, Adam Thielen, Bateman, Hopkins, and now Hopkins is suspended, but um, Renfro, Devontae, Devontae Smith. Smith. I'll take Devontae Elijah Smith Moore. in the eighth round all day. That's what I mean. There's there's so many. And yeah, you know, they get a little bit gross down here at some point. But that's just, you're just getting so much more value. Because then you can just go four picks of just straight wide receiver and, and just grab value out of it. And then turn around and look at, you know. But if you're doing the zero running back strategy at this point, you're looking at 
the AJ Dillons, the Miles Sanders, Damien Harris. You just gave like a bunch of zero RB <laughs> drafters. They just went from zero to midnight. Yeah, like <laughs> six o'clock to midnight, right there with the AJ like, Dillon talk. Maybe yeah. you strike gold again at Cordero Patterson. You know, Devin Singletary. Like it just, it's not pretty as anybody Clyde that you Edwards want as an RB. Yeah, it's just not pretty as anybody that you want as an RB one. You know, no, like, I, I like Kareem Hunt for his pass catching ability, but I want him as my RB. Three, four, who I might right. flex. Yeah, I want to flex them possibility. Yes. I don't want to have to start them. Devin I'd rather. That's why I'd rather end up with a third wide receiver in my flex spot. That's still the wide receiver one on their team. Can I just mention that I'm surprised at the ADP differential between Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase? I expected that to be much closer. Like it's only four spots, but that's still four spots more than I expected. Or it's three technically three. if you round it up or down, but. You know what's really funny is their super flex is only two spots. Yeah, which is strange. That's because for whatever reason in a super flex, Derrick Henry's going at 14 instead of three. <laughs> it's because all the quarterbacks yeah. push him up. I mean, Josh sure, Allen's going I, one, Mahomes is going four. I understand that, but then why is but Austin Eckler oh, yeah. then no. going ahead of him? Derrick Henry is going as RB5 in super flex. Yeah. Versus RB3 in, in non-superflex. Right. I, I'm looking at the 14 and a half is his overall ADP, but that's what I mean. Why does he fall behind Eckler then? Why does he <laughs> fall behind <laughs> Dalvin? Like, why is he moving? Because we now have superflex. What, 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 what? You've decided, oh, okay, so I have a quarterback now. Can't have Derek Henry as my running back. Just won't work. Like, or... Is that many people taking the Justin Herbert, Austin Eckler stack somehow? Like, <laughs> it, it, it's a very odd. Like a lot of these positions are extremely odd with the <clears throat> the change. But like Jamar Chase barely moves in his two ADPs, yet Justin Jefferson drops four spots. Jamar only drops two. And all it is is superflex. I'm struggling to see a situation where I take my where I take a wide receiver in the first three rounds. No, not especially if you're you're targeting a tight end because that's that's you, you're looking at a, a tight end who is a wide receiver one two technically. So why would you need a wide receiver at that point? Right. Just with the depth of wide receiver, I would be if I if I'm drafting in the early fourth and I can get Michael Pittman as my wide receiver one, and I'd be, then I'd end be of happy the with fifth. Pittman as my one. End of the fifth, I'm getting Chris Godwin as my wide receiver two. I mean, you're looking at a Hunter Renfro as a as, as wide receiver 36 in these redrafts, and I get he's not going to repeat what he did last year, but he's still going to see volume. Well, I I I don't we don't necessarily Devante know Smith, if, Elijah Moore. We, we don't necessarily know if he's not going to repeat because I mean, honestly, I think Devontae Adams there opens things up for him. Sure, it takes. Sure, it takes the volume away from him as far as that's concerned, but maybe. But yeah, but maybe. Maybe they don't rely so heavily on Josh Jacobs. Let's, maybe they let's don't remember who the head coach is too, well, and and how much he loves slot white wide receivers. Yeah, <laughs> like <laughs> I'm, I'm just throwing that out there. Like, yeah, maybe hard worker. I, I I can't say he's going to be a top twelve wide receiver again. Though. That, that's that's a that's a strong yeah that's, yeah that's a, yeah it's high. But, Top twenty. You can get him in your in your wide receiver thirty six, and you you know, and so you can take him 
you know, what 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 was that? The fourth, sixth, fifth, sixth, seventh I, round where he he's at at that be, point. He could easily be a top twenty player, a wide receiver. Right. Absolutely. Right. Exactly. Yeah. That's so, so PPR that's redraft. PPR we redraft then. Are we all thinking it's either two running backs and a tight end by round three or three running backs through round three? It just depends. So, I mean, if you're, t- if you're set on taking Kelsey, you know, and you're, or you're Andrews at 10, or Pitts 11, or Kittle, they're spot. all in that three first three rounds. It, no, no, I, I, I'm, I'm talking about if you're, if you're set on Kelsey and you're, you're the 10, 11, 12 pick, you're taking him there to get him. So, if that's your strategy, that's your strategy. You go with it. But I personally would, if I'm looking to grab one and Pitts or Andrews is there with my third round pick, I would take them because it just gives you that advantage because you've now probably taken two running backs. You could take a third running back and take a top tier tight end. Yeah. See, my, my strategy would probably be running back, running back, wide receiver, wide receiver, depending on what running backs would fall to be in the third. So you could be looking at Delvin Cook, Kamara. Right. I mean, or, or Mixon, Kamara. Higgins. And and then, you know, yeah, Higgins and Jalen Waddle. Yeah, Higgins, Higgins and Waddle in PPR format. In, in PPR format, I'm perfectly fine with that with the amount of catches Waddle had. Now, great that I know it's not going to necessarily mean the same thing um, this year with with Hill being there. But I mean, like you said, DJ Moore is here that I could feel comfortable with. Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton are both right around this exact same area. So if I needed to feel like I, I could go after whichever Denver wide receiver that I feel like is going to have a better season than you know with with Wilson there. And honestly, if I did that and, and wasn't looking at getting a positional advantage at the tight end spot, I would be perfectly fine grabbing a guy like Goddard in the round that he's in, round seven, and then with one of my very last picks, drafting Cole Komet. Like, that would be the only time I would say, hey, go ahead and draft two tight ends on a roster there because you're not getting that positional advantage. So there, it's more of a more of a need. Um, so so in, in the one league where it's a, a redraft now – it was only technically nine teams because the vampire team doesn't draft real players. Right. I had the nine pick. I walked away in my first, we'll go with my first six rounds. Derrick Henry, Joe Mixon, David Montgomery, Kyle Pitts, Terry McLaurin, DJ Moore. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's it, like it, the receivers could fall too. <laughs> but, you know, receivers could fall too, but that was also a nine team compared to a yeah. 12 team. So Right. But, but, but if you if you just, if you subtract out, I mean... You, you don't even have to subtract out. David Montgomery and Kyle Pitts could be there at your three four pick in a twelve team. You're you're not getting Terry McLaurin and DJ Moore than at the no. five six. But but I'm just saying that if you did that, like if you went Mixon, Kamara, and then a third running back, I, I'm more inclined to go three running backs and a wide receiver, or I, three running backs and a tight end. That's that, that's just that, more. And that would be my other strategy. It's just that. The way that I look at it from a tight end perspective for me is I wouldn't even add tight end to that. It would also just depend on which running backs would fall at that point. Because, like, if Zeke fell and he was your RB3 going into the third round, it's very hard not to take Zeke there at three, um, at 312. But I'm not taking James Conner as my third running back. I don't care what the hell he did last year. I'm not doing it. I don't want anything to do with him, whatever. I'd be more inclined to take T. Higgins. I'd be more inclined to take T. Higgins. But Cam Akers is a potential guy that could be there or Michael Pittman, you know, like uh, you could walk away with a acres, Pittman acres, McLaren acres, T Higgins. Like I'm okay with that as an RB three four. But if acres isn't there, 
there's not another running back in that area unless Zeke falls that I'm like, I need to go get as my third. Like, I, I, ETN's a nice player. Brees Hall's a nice player. But what is their situations? You know, ETN, we all expect to be the starter in Jacksonville, but who the hell knows what the new regimen, what it's going to look like. And Brees right now is behind Michael Carter. I mean, I don't expect that to stay that way, but so I would much rather just go with the T Higgins, Michael Pittman combination. And if you could walk out of this draft with, with Camara Mixon or Camara Dalvin cook Pittman and Higgins is your first four players. Are you really going to be mad? Are you really going to be angry with that? And, and no. with the tight end situation, like, you know, Goddard's round seven. So you could fit three rounds to go with best available player at that point, or round out your wide receivers with Amon Ross St. Brown you know, maybe give, you know, Clyde Edwards a layer shot as your RB3. He doesn't have to start. He wouldn't be in the flex at that point in time. And then you could draft a guy like Goddard in seven. And then if you really, really, really feel like it for the tight end spot, go with the upside with Cole Komet, who's being drafted at what? Tight end fucking 16 or some <laughs> shit. Like, no, Higby's at 16. So, I mean, even Higby would be a good, you know, whatever. But what we're saying is you don't, Get your running backs the first three rounds. Four. I mean, I would say yeah. I mean, I would say get get three if you can. But I, I'm not gonna force my hand in rounds three and four. Is what I'm saying. If one of those guys that's in that tier doesn't slide to me, like I'm not gonna force. I'm not gonna reach down on the tier bucket to try to go get a guy just to force getting three running backs because then you're you know. To me, it doesn't make any sense because if you're not going to start him in your flex or he's just going to be a guy that you're going to rotate in out of your running backs, you're not doing yourself any help, you know, down, so, the, ro you know, down the road or whatever. Looking looking at these names, you believe – now I'm, I'm going to purposely skip over Antonio Gibson because I have to assume he's probably falling and this is just where he's still kind of landing because he probably was up higher earlier in this this year. Mm -hmm. But, you know, you're, you're looking at a name like – ETN is your third running back. David Montgomery is your third running back. J.K. Dobbins is your third running back. Uh, so I'm okay with I that. I think it's yeah. Well, the, that's what I'm saying. I, I, I'm reaching for a guy um, unless running backs go like crazy. Those right. guys should be there. Well, right. What I'm saying is though is that that's also your round five. Would you does in your mind does Kamara Mixon or Kamara Cook? Uh, let's say Higgins and Josh Jacobs sound better than Pittman Higgins and the, those two running backs. To me, it doesn't. I would much rather have Pittman, a potential wide receiver one and Higgins, a potential wide receiver one than a guy who may end up as a high end RB two oh. or middle of the road RB two. In that case, though, Higgins has to fall for you because he's at 33. So he, he would be going before your pick at, at 36. Not necessarily. It's only three spots. Right, but I'm saying, but he's still technically, te I'm just using the data we have here. It's yes, I, I could say I hope. Right, but you have to you have to group them all in that area. You have to go both ways. You can't just say like that because like we've all we all know that there's things that happen. Like Patrick Mahomes here is sitting at 32. I would be shocked if Patrick Mahomes didn't go in round two in most redraft leagues because people <laughs> are gonna be awesome. Brand I love when it happens. You know, okay. it's the same with it's I, the I same with Josh Allen. Going ahead of him. Allen Josh so Allen. Josh Allen's at twenty two. I fully expect him to be in the first round. Like I I, I don't it, think so. I, I do because people uh, love their first quarterbacks. Round. Yes. First round first I Mark Eli is going to mention in at least one of those two drafts that Josh Allen is gonna go in the oh, first he's round. Going to. 
No, maybe he's not for a second at least. No, he's so, going right, to go. Not, no, he's going to go in one of your two round. drafts first round. So I want to. I will. I will bet money on it. You remember the data that we looked at as far as um, PPR finishes, right? As far as um, for the season by position. So you remember that chart where out to QB 20, QB 20 outscores RB 20, wide receiver 20, tight end 20, obviously, clearly. Running back, running back loses its positional advantage Typically in the top six running backs. Once you're outside of the top six finishers at running back, a wide receiver at a lower ranking is going to outscore the wide receiver 20 historically scores almost the same as the running back 12. We're talking about a RB1 and a wide receiver 2. And and that further proves, in my opinion, my point, of you got your two starters take that third wide receiver to be your flex guy and not your running back you only need that other running back barring injury for bye weeks there's no need to necessarily have to reach for a guy just because three running backs gives you flexibility of whatever that guy you're not going to start every week unless you had somebody fall to you like you really loved barkley and he slid to you at that 36 spot i mean here he's at 21 probably not going to happen but you know, Zeke is at, you know, unless a guy like Zeke slides, I don't know, even know where he is. He's at 29. 29. So unless Zeke slides seven spots to you, you, there's no need. After that, like the only guy that I would consider would be Akers because and after that, like maybe Montgomery, but I don't like that Bears offense. ETN, we don't really know what's happening. Brees Hall, I already discussed. Josh Jacobs, maybe. I mean, why wouldn't I want to, why would I want to take one of those guys over the potential of getting a guy like, McLaren and Pittman or even freaking DJ Moore in Pittman or Higgins in Pittman. Like I would much rather have that two combination than just walking out with a third running back. Like, yeah, running back gets gross, but even with that being the case, you still have Allen Robinson down here at 59. In my opinion, Allen Robinson has wide receiver one upside. I would much rather have him in my flex spot every week than one of those other running backs. And that's just my personal opinion in a redraft. Yeah, see, like, I, I would rather have the third running back as the security. You you could flex him, but but the, there's just how often is a running back missing a week because they have a little ding here, a little ding there, or or, or you're you're facing the the Bucks. You're not always starting those those guys against teams like that when they, when they have the best run defense. So you could kind of play the the matchup a little bit better with with three of them. I just it, they see in what he's saying to me tells me I want to get as as close to as many to that top twelve range as possible. Yep. Because and understandable. Scarcity after that is is worse because the the top twenty wide receiver probably isn't far off from the top twenty six wide receiver where the top twelve running back is light years ahead of the top sixteen running back. There's and a that's, big under, that's under difference. that's understandable. Absolutely understandable. I just I I don't know. For me, it's just a makeup of looking at my squad. If I get my two starters at running back, like a third guy that I may or may not start in round four or five just doesn't appeal to me. So I, like, I think a lot of what like, we've said, though, is to not take your quarterback before probably round <laughs> 11. Oh, and, and QB and I will... 20 is where the quarterback positional advantage based on point finish crosses paths with wide receiver. Quarterback 20, historically. And, and, 
and I do want to say that I used to be one of the guys when it comes to redraft going running back, running back, running back. I used to do it every year. I, I don't dislike the strategy. It's just that with the way the league has changed, my strategy has changed with it. But yeah, don't take a quarterback before round. I I usually use round eight or nine as my quarterback range. So looking at this ADP, like roughly. I would absolutely 100%. Let's see. Yeah. Anyone in that Jalen Hurts is probably going to go earlier than you want. Jalen Hurts through Kirk Cousins. Well, Cousins, the, the Cousins down here in round 11 is really shocking to me. Like, yeah, I'm, he's I'm always, looking at Derek Carr. I mean, Derek far, Carr, is, yeah. Derek Carr is another one. What is that? Round 10 as well. Like, those two guys, like, if you could guarantee me getting one of those two guys yep. in that round, then I, I won't even touch freaking quarterback until round. Cause, no, because I'd much rather have, shit, I'd rather have Christian Kirk. I'd rather have Tyler Lockett. Shit, I'll take uh, Alan Lazard as my wide receiver five at that point. Oh, yeah, for sure. Even if you wanted to reach a little bit, Matthew Stafford in the yeah the 10th the round is probably fine to me also. And that's what I mean. Like, it, it just – usually my, my rule of thumb is, like, round eight. But looking at this ADP, like, if this if this was to play out in your draft, like, wait till fucking 10. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, Kirk Cousins is in the exact same round as the first kicker and first defense. Any quarterback in that QB 8 to QB 15 <laughs> range, I'm perfectly fine with putting as my quarterback one in redraft this year. Well, especially in one quarterback leagues. Oh, yeah, I mean, for sure. They just don't hold the same value. Damon Pierce, by the it's way. It's a completely is, different is, story if it's super flex. Damon Pierce's ADP is about to freaking Oh, it's going to, yeah, it's going to fly. I don't know if you saw what he did tonight or not, but six it, rushes, 39 yards. missed it. <laughs> it's all been every notification I've been <laughs> six season. Hey, it's it's considered the ones though. So, but yeah, I I don't know, Eli. I, I think for you, I don't think there's anything wrong with any of the strategies we said. It's just if if I was you, I'm unless I was dead set on having the potential advantage, I would probably, especially if you're on the back, you know, the back half of that draft, I'd probably abandon that tight end strategy. Yeah, it depends on where, I, like I said, I don't know what my draft spot is. Um, and then it depends on how the draft falls, obviously. Kelsey tends to go really high in the one league um, historically, so I could see that happening again. Very high likelihood that Pitts gets drafted really high. Um, so well, like that's going to dictate yeah. some decisions that I make there. And some of this ADP is obviously all I, – I, I can't imagine that this ADP is – um, dictated based upon certain, like I'm assuming it's just grouped in all under one thing instead of like as far as starting requirements. Like this doesn't differentiate between two running backs, three wide receiver starts, or two flex starts. It just, it's all like it's, if it's a redraft league, this is the ADP. It's just a redraft P- PPR ADP, yeah. Right, right. My, um, so. that's where, like I said, the one thing I wanted to highlight, and we did get to both of them, but based on that historical data, right? We're looking all the way back to 2000 here and just looking at every year, what are we looking at for oh, RB1 versus a wide receiver one all the way through? If you, the only way you get those positional advantages is at tight end, you got to take one of those top elite guys every time. Running back is devalued outside of RB10. And I think that we have this idea that the top 12 running backs, right? I just need two of the top 12 running backs. If you don't get one of the top two of the top 12 running backs, 
you might as well go zero RB at that point because wide receivers are outscoring those running backs that you're taking now by a pretty good margin. We're talking running back 20 versus wide receiver 20 is over two points per game. And according to this, that's Brees Hall and Cortland Sutton. Right. Which So a rookie <laughs> on a so-so team or a Sutton's in his fourth year now with yeah. a brand new quarterback who is a Hall of Famer. Yep. And that, we're I mean, not pretending that we know, like, oh, if we take these players in this exact order, they're going to pan out. Because we don't know if Austin Eckler is going to finish inside the top 12 running backs. Right. right because it, it, because if you look at this, it's like, like RB13 is Javante Williams, RB15 Zeke. You know, uh, Barkley is the RB12, according to this. So, like, but either one of any any one of those guys could, you know, not finish be top there, five. You know? I mean, or they could yeah, finish like, top five. Or they give him a top five, yeah. So, it, it, obviously, we what we what we know about fantasy football as a whole is we don't know shit about fantasy football as a whole. A whole lot what's going to happen? Fickle, fickle bitch, fickle. I, and I know over <laughs> the years a lot of the analytical crowd has been like trying to find a way to predict what could possibly happen, what could be, and it's been proven time and time and again. It doesn't matter what freaking model you come up with; it, it, it's not. There's nothing perfect. There's no perfect strategy involved with this at all. The only perfect strategies are the ones that are not so minute, but are so like what Eli was talking about, where the points cross over dating back 20 some odd years of the wide receiver 20 is most likely going to outscore running back 12 or right or right around there and do your best to get wherever. That's the reason why we don't, that's the reason why we here stress running back as a positional of importance so much when drafting startups, because it really kind of is that positional scarcity after a certain point, like Eli just mentioned, kind of, you know, falls by the wayside. And if you don't have a good running back core, it is very unlikely that you're going to put, you know, a noise in your league, unless you happen to get lucky and just, pick up Rex Burkhead for a three-game stretch that happened through the playoffs and then win your league after you backdoor your way you're in. <clears throat> Talking to you, Daryl. <clears throat> you know. <laughs> no better than this. In a three-running-back start league, let me tell you that. At that. All right. Yeah, I was just looking at 2019 as an example. And Chris Carson was RB12 in PPR. Okay. Finished with 232 points. Mike Evans... Wide receiver 16 outscored him. And then I mean, it, it drops it, off from there. And you are looking at uh, some Joe Mixon sprinkled in, Gurley, Miles Sanders. You didn't want them on your team in 2019. <laughs> what was the what was the running back what was the running back sixteen in comparison to the wide receiver, let's say twenty in that one that year? Let's see. <clears throat> See, Le'Veon Bell for the Jets was running back 16. Oh, wow. <laughs> 215 fantasy points. He was outscored by A.J. Brown. He was outscored by John Brown. He was outscored by Cortland Sutton, Tyler Boyd, DJ Shark, DJ Moore, Mike Evans, Robert Woods, Tyler Lockett, Jarvis Landry, Devontae Parker, Mari Cooper, <clears throat> Kenny fucking Galladay. <laughs> Fuck out of here. So... So, needless to say, that's 
like that's what we're talking about. Those four positions, because you said wide receiver, you said running back twelve in your your, your first comparison, and wide receiver sixteen. So it's a, it's a four spot drop per position. So it's from twelve to sixteen, which isn't a whole lot. Which isn't a whole lot, but then you take it a little further, and it shows you how important it really is, though. Because said, look, like, look where you can draft wide receiver sixteen. <clears throat> Exactly. That is the key. (sighs) You're talking this year that is 23 spots. Barkley in the second at 21. It's 22 picks. It's 22 picks between them. Yeah, 22 picks. It's almost two rounds. You're talking almost two full rounds between, Mm -hmm. and you're going to get more points out of the guy you're getting later. And this is the reason why zero RB strategy doesn't. You you really. when you're in a zero RB, you are hoping for those anomaly play anomaly uh, anomaly players like James Conner did last year yep. in scoring twenty <laughs> touchdowns. Yep. Or an injury. Right. You're taking backup running backs, hoping Tony they get Pollard. the starter. And hope that you get through or hope even, that you're even Tony Pollard, who's a high end <laughs> backup, he's he's going I don't even want to talk about his age. Oh, he's actually only RB thirty two. That's not terrible, but still uh, RB, round eight. Yeah, RB thirty two round. That's mean you're, you're you're looking in round eight as a backup. That's that's a high end. Do you want Tony backup. Pollard or Hunter Renfro? Jesus Christ! If anybody right. says Tony right. Pollard to you, oh, or was Deva- Jesus, even Devontae Smith, was Jesus Christ, was Jesus Christ not one of the options? Oh, he could be. <laughs> well, the way you said that it was like, Tony Pollard or Hunter Renfro. Jesus Christ! I was like, well. Probably Jesus in round eight. Fuck. If I could get him. I don't even. That just. <laughs> hey, whatever. People love it. And people but, love trying. Yeah, to, people, people are people, like, ju- people will justify it because because they justi- get because luck turns their way sometimes. Fantasy yep. is so fucking luck based, and we all act like it's not. But then you turn around, and you look at Chase Edmonds is, is the running back thirty five. I want Rob him all day. Is the running back thirty four. I'll like, take Adam. Those are the guys now I'm backfilling as my my fourth running yes. back, and and people are looking at Tony Pollard ahead of him. And don't get me wrong, I'm a Tony Pollard guy, but no, give me Chase Edmonds. And I get Miami has like six running backs, okay, but yeah, one I of them care. is going to be the guy, and it's it's probably going to be Chase Edmonds. They, so you mean it's not going to be Salvin Ahmed? I can see where he's not their guy. He was there already. I can see where someone might say, well, what if I can get Penny and Edmonds in my zero RB? But they're going in round eight. If that's, that's not even, that's barely even zero RB at that point. But if some, you're, that's great. But that only works out if they finish in the top 15 overall at the position, top 16 overall, which is in the range of outcomes. Don't get me wrong, but I would much rather have Edmonds and Penny as my safety net running backs or a flex spot when they start blowing up for the season. And one of the other main reasons why, to me, the zero wide receiver strategy doesn't work is because not enough people, or zero running back strategy doesn't work is because not enough people do it. Like, you have to have enough people to do it in your league to push some of those talents down while you take those wide receivers. Wide receivers are still sprinkled out in between. Like if you're the only person doing a zero wide receiver, uh, zero running back strategy, I like zero wide receiver strategy, <laughs> whatever you want to call it, a zero running back strategy, you, the wide receivers aren't going to adjust enough for you to get enough of the the talent that you're going to need to carry your team throughout the throughout the course. So you're going to spend your first three four picks on wide receiver, like 
the wide receiver ADP isn't going to change. You would need at least another, maybe two people trying to do a zero RB, one RB strategy, in my opinion, for you to get enough wide receivers that are going to carry your team to make up the lack of points you're going to get at that RB position. At least that's how I feel. Especially if you're I, not getting I, those two running backs in that in that top that top twelve. I just <clears throat> I would just rather have a few running backs already and then rely on Renfro Smith. Yeah, that's what I mean. Elijah Moore. I'd rather rely on those guys than even Penny Alan Edmonds. Lazard at this point as my wide receiver two or three. Yeah. Then then hoping <sighs> Chase Edmonds and Rashad Penny are our RB ones. I would. I love Chase Edmonds, but that's that's a that's a tough sell. He's never actually finished an RB one. He had a good year last year, but man, if I if you have, I think one hundred three could be a very third pick could be a very very dangerous spot. You could potentially be looking at Eckler, Javante, Saquon, maybe Fournette, and then you're looking. I mean, you could double tap running back there and end up with those three running backs or a Keenan Allen or Mike Evans as your wide receiver one. If I came out of a draft with Austin Eckler, Javante Williams, or let's say Saquon, and then Mike Evans or Keenan Allen, I'm pretty happy. I'm much happier than if I end up going Justin Jefferson, Debo, and now I'm stuck with fucking... James Conner, David Montgomery is my RB1. So now you're looking at Fortnite as being your RB1 instead of your RB2 slash 3. I mean, based off this ADP, that, that that wouldn't work, Eli. Jefferson? Getting those three running backs wouldn't work based off this ADP. I was a little bit confused as to what you were talking about at first. Eckler, Barkley. Yeah, but then you had Javante in there too. No, I said Barkley or Javante. Oh, oh, oh sorry. With I, Keenan I Allen or yeah, Mike Keenan Evans Allen, yeah, yeah. in the early third. In the third, yeah, and then late fourth. Or you're looking at, yeah. I mean, you you could end up with Barkley and Javante if you went as your first three, because at the three pick, you're rolling back around right, right. away. No, you can't, because their ADP is too close based on Javante. Oh, right, literally, right. Javante is literally a round two pick, and Saquon Barkley's two picks ahead of him. Like, you yeah, couldn't, but, you couldn't but, do all three. It, it, but that's if Mark's saying if people, one of them falls to the beginning. Oh, of the oh well, if one of them slides. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Pick three, three could be Javante based on yeah, yeah, grouping all those. You could still go Eckler, Javante, and Zeke. Right, yeah, exactly. Yes. I mean, yes. And yes. I've that... probably grabbed the wide receiver in the middle of that, too. Yes. So, I can't. I, I just can't. It, with the zero RB, like, I get it. Waivers win they, championships, too. Um, never catch me doing it. Just never catch me doing it. Plain, plain I can't justify it. I'll never give the advice to do zero RB. It'll never <laughs> happen. Just, It'll never happen in, in, in any format. It'll never happen unless it's an all flex start like we have. Then at that point in time, whatever. Right. Then uh, I don't worry about it as much. If I was doing a startup next year leading up into the 2023 draft class and we're drafting ahead of the rookie draft, I might consider zero RB and stacking up on young wide receivers, quarterback, and then trying to build up my running backs after the fact. Mm -hmm. Because we are in that kind of tipping point at running back, especially in Dynasty, where a good portion of these guys we've been relying on for a long time are 26, 27, 28 years old. Mm -hmm. So 
I don't know. Running backs. I don't know if I'm comfortable with having to take a. I I'd probably rather wait for 2023 guys than be going all in on a Brees Hall. Yeah, the only the only tough thing with that is you're not basing it off of being a, a mediocre team and having a higher pick. You're you're, you're off to the randomized yeah. world of of a rookie draft in that sense. Unless you're drafting the rookie picks in your draft, so that's it's a tough thing to say because. One, we don't know what rookies will be in this draft. I mean, we we started to see right. these running backs stay in college a little longer, so it's it's that's a tough thing to look ahead to, and that's why I always rather do the startup draft after after the NFL draft. Right, I'm just not comfortable trying to build a long term dynasty team with the group of running backs that I'd have to be choosing from right now. I mean, it, it, I mean, it depends on where you're at in the draft. If you're, if you're doing the end and you can stack Najee and Javante, that's 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 the way I'd go. But if you're if you're in the middle and <laughs> if you're in the middle or the beginning, you're, unless you're taking Jonathan Taylor. Well, I mean, unless right. you're talking about unless you're talking about a dynasty, then because none of, cause, yeah, because none of these running backs are going to be in the first round of the dynasty. Like we, we McCaffrey, maybe. But Henry Eckler, they're going to be in the second. I just took McCaffrey yeah, no, he, he, in round five. That's what he's five. talking about. You're doing a, a dynasty startup next year. Well, but right, even next year, though, none of those guys are going to be in the first round. The only guys that are really going to be in the first round next year is maybe one guy inside the Swift class that produces or two guys that produce out of that class. You know, Javante. I mean, you're looking at five running backs without, you know, the rookies coming in that, was, that should be first-round picks. None of these other guys I would take in the first round. And, and you're right, Eli. We're, we're at a shift here. Like, if you look at these McCaffrey, second contract, Henry, second contract, Eckler, second contract, Cook, second contract, Mixon, second contract, Chubb, Kamara, Jones, Barkley, who will have a second contract next year, uh, you know, Fournette, Elliott, Connor. These are all second contract running backs right now that are starting. Like, this is a, a time period for me playing fantasy football that I have never in my life seen the amount of second contract running backs still be fairly relevant at this point. Like that's a lot. I mean, I just mentioned how many, and that's in the top 30 players, roughly Connor's just outside of it. And, and those were a majority of second contract running backs. Like we're, we're going to see a shift eventually. It was only, it was bound to, it was bound to happen. We thought it was going to start with the swift error, but maybe it starts next year with that error because there's a lot of talented running backs on paper coming in. So right, well, we haven't... potentially, Akers was injured. We didn't get to fully see that transpire, which is why he's fallen. J.K. Right. Dobbins, Dobbins, same situation. Yeah. And they're from that they're from that class. That uh, yep, uh, Jonathan class. Taylor. Yep, yep. John, well, Jonathan Taylor class. But you call it this, the Taylor class. <clears throat> but, Jonathan you know. Taylor has been the one of that group that was able to kind of sneak past the injuries and be the consistent. I also think it really helped Taylor that he was really one of the only guys. Well, outside of Acres, but he was really the only one of the only guys that went to an actual good team with a good offensive line. Acres just got hurt, where Taylor did, avoided that <clears throat> because Swift went to Detroit, garbage. Well, Dobbins in Baltimore, but even then, they, but even yeah, then, but... yeah, he got injured. So you know, yeah, I mean, Clyde Edwards-Helaire was somewhere. In... <laughs> Whatever. All right, so let's move on from that. Wasn't he RB one? Um, we don't talk about that. That's going to do it for us here tonight at Dynasty Academy. Have a great night till next week.